Can you tell I'm a little bit excited? Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the How to Human podcast. My name is Stephen Miller, and let's get this bitch started. This weekend has been crazy. We have gotten so many announcements for television, for movies, and uh, that is going to be the subject of today's podcast. We got Doctor Who in the news, we got Game of Thrones, we got Disney, and FYI, there are going to be a ton of spoilers for Game of Thrones in here because I, 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 I am hyped and I'm also a little bit pissed, but also mostly hyped. <laughs> so, oh, here, let me turn my volume up on my headset so I can actually hear myself like a normal person. How are you guys all doing today? I'm assuming you're well because I can't see you. So, <laughs> congrats, I hope. Maybe maybe you found out that you're going to graduate this year? I don't know. Wait, no, it's the wrong time of year. Anyway, moving on. Okay, so first up, let's talk about Disney. Because Disney doesn't have any spoilers, and the Game of Thrones section will. <laughs> so Disney announced recently that they are going to be doing... Mary Poppins 2, Toy Story 1000, The Incredibles 2, all of the new games, all of these shows and stuff. But I, I want to talk about Mary Poppins because, I mean, that's close to the heart. And, you know, that's a, that's a childhood movie. And I want to talk about, um, well, we'll just talk about kind of a little bit of everything. But so I don't know about you guys, but I'm kind of intrigued by the Mary Poppins I'm going to call it a reboot. When you recast, it's sort of a reboot. Um, Emily Blunt is going to be playing Mary Poppins. I assume it's Mary Poppins in some form. Maybe it's a daughter. Maybe it's a sister. Maybe it's supposed to be the same character. I don't know, really. But I'm kind of excited in the sense that I really enjoy Emily Blunt as an actress. I really love the stuff that she does. I think she's hilarious. I think she's witty. I think she's probably the best choice to play Mary Poppins, in my opinion. I, I don't know if I could see anyone else playing Mary. I'm trying to think of another actress that maybe could pull it off, but none come to mind right now. <clears throat> Excuse me as I'm just <clears throat> dying here. Um, I don't really know why they decided to do a Mary Poppins 2. It's completely unnecessary, to be honest. <laughs> I mean... Not every movie needs a number two, Jumanji. Um, but I hope that it's going to be good because Mary Poppins one was so timeless, so iconic. It was back at sort of the golden age of of Disney, and I want this to be good. I'm not going to sit here and, and shit on this movie because I'm I'm hopeful. I'm very hopeful that this is not going to be a complete... Uh, reworking of the original movie. Like, they're not going to have the same kids and she's the same character. I'm hoping that it's maybe a modern day setting, uh, which would be kind of interesting because there's no sort of, I don't know, modern day Hollywood doesn't have that sort of golden age uh, vibe to it right now. The cinema that's coming out is kind of all a mess. It's CGI this and CGI that. And I, I hope, I know they're going to do more CGI with the movie, but I, I hope that they kind of stick to that real special effects. Uh, oh, special effects. I am killing it this morning, y'all. 
Okay. I hope that they stick to more of the real-life special effects versus the CGI. Disney, in my opinion, has been relying too heavily on, on CGI, and what they've been producing, in my opinion, hasn't been um, kind of that timeless CGI, CGI. It does not age well. Uh, I personally didn't think the Jungle Book CGI was all that amazing. I think I'm in the minority there, but uh, I don't see it aging very well. It's got this... I don't know. It's got more of this stylized, realistic animation versus realistic animation. I always kind of use Jurassic Park, the first one, as the standard for CGI that will predominantly last the the test of time. That's not always going to be the case, but I mean, you watch Jurassic Park now and you're still kind of amazed that the T-Rex is like both puppet and CGI. We're going to look overlook the Brachiosaurus. But anyway, getting back to Mary Poppins, I really hope that this turns out because the character itself is just so, so wonderful. And I think that Emily would do a phenomenal job as an actress to portray the kind of qualities that Mary had. You know, she has a little bit of sassiness. She's very quick-witted. She's very smart. You throw something at her and she can throw it right back. Uh <laughs> You know, I really like that about Mary Poppins. Uh, Julie Andrews is just, of course, I don't, I, she's just like stardust in human form. She's just a magical person, and her characters are always so timelessly enjoyable. So I hope, I hope, I hope Mary Poppins 2 is good. And Disney also announced The Incredibles 2. Now, this is one of the few movies that I am so excited for a sequel. Like I've been wanting a sequel to the Incredibles. The Incredibles was such a well-done movie. It was really just a plus in my books. And when I found out that they're going to, they were going to do an Incredibles too, I was kind of hyped. I was like, Oh God, I hope this is going to be good. You know, I hope we get to see Jack, Jack and Violet, you know, two of my favorite characters, the baby who has infinite superpowers and the moody teen, you know, with invisibility. I I know that this movie is going to center around Mrs. Incredible, which I'm actually kind of excited for because even though the first movie was about Bob, predominantly Mr. Incredible, uh, I like the switch to Elastigirl. He's going to be the stay-at-home dad trying to learn how to do, to, to work with Jack-Jack's powers and kind of discovering what they are. I'm hyped for that because there are so many stay-at-home dads, but also just because that's a great relationship dynamic is, is you have a character who's so excited about superpowers and their kid has just all of them. That's kind of a cool relationship. And then Elastigirl, she very, uh, she very easily could have had her own standalone movie in my opinion, just because she is such a well-rounded character. She went from being this powerful woman to the stay at home mom and feeling kind of uh, left out in a way, and also at the same time very happy that she chose to be a mom and a stay-at-home mom. And I think there's a lot of people out there that relate to that. So I'm thrilled to see that she gets sort of her own focus in this movie. And I and I like the way that they did it the first time, is when the focus was on Bob, it still included the whole family. And I know that they'll probably continue that same vibe, where even though it's going to be predominantly Elastigirl they are going to include the rest of the family. And I know that it's going to pick up like a minute after or two minutes after the first movie ended, which is really 
really cool. That's exactly what I wanted. With with a movie like The Incredibles, you almost want to binge watch it. So that way, if you have two movies, it's just like three hours of The Incredibles. I'm not moving Netflix, just hit play. I'm, I'm thrilled about it. And I can't wait to see the new characters, the new backstories. Uh, if Jack-Jack gets any like really random powers, like shapeshift. Did he get shapeshifting in the first movie? I can't remember. I don't think so. I know he caught on fire. He turned to like metal. Uh, what else did he do? You know, I can't remember. But I'm excited about that. And I'm I'm thumbs up for the Incredibles 2. I'm thumbs down on the Lion King live action. I think some movies are left better in animated form. But I will give them the benefit of the doubt. And, and hope that they don't do the fucking Jungle Book CGI. Oh, I know they are. But uh, stay away from it. It's too stylized for me. Um, and then we've got A Wrinkle in Time, which I have never heard of the book or read the book, but according to the YouTube comments, uh, on the channel, tra- uh, on the trailer, excuse me, it was a dense book that was complicated to read. So they're kind of excited how the movie's going to play out. They've got Reese Witherspoon, Mindy Kaling, is it Kayleen or I think it's Kayleen, Mindy Kayleen. Uh, forgive me, Mindy, if I've said your name wrong. I know you're going to be listening to this very super famous, oh my God, podcast. Uh, and then they got Oprah, which I was kind of like, Oprah? Okay. And then to see her in character, I was like, all right, I'm I'm here for it. I, I'm so on. They've got Mindy, Reese, and, and Oprah, and these three powerful women characters. I don't know much about the storyline, but from what I saw in the trailer, I'm intrigued enough to want to go see it. Uh, maybe I'll wait till it's on demand and it's cheaper because the movie theater nearby is like $40 for a trip. And mm, I don't be thinking so. <laughs> just just let people bring in their own snacks at this point because goddamn. Uh, anyway, I'm here for Wrinkle in Time. I think it looks good. Uh, again, the CGI, Disney's doing this weird, like trying to be so realistic that they end up being stylized realistic CGI. So I'm hoping that the CGI that was in the trailer isn't the final CGI. There's still a little bit of polishing to do. But other than that, the story looks great. Mindy, I absolutely loved her in The Office. The Mindy Show is a fantastic show. I love her as an actress. And I'm glad that it's not three white women, to be honest. I'm glad that we're going to have um, three different ethnicities represented. So I'm, I'm excited about that. And I... I I really, I'm just so curious about this show or about this, this, this movie. I have no idea about what it's about, but uh, someone pointed out in the comments that the CGI kind of looked like Tomorrowland and Tomorrowland was a movie that I wanted to be so good and it was just kind of like, you know, when you get a flat tire, like you can still move it along, but it's probably best if you just stop. (laughs) That was kind of like the ending of, actually, it's probably the last second half of the movie for Tomorrowland. It was just like, oh, okay, and can, enough, please. Can we just, no. <laughs> it's a little bit cringy here and there. But overall, I'm I'm thrilled with what Disney announced. They've got Kingdom Hearts 3 or 4 or 9. I'm, 
can't remember. It's been it's been a long weekend, and I'm 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 more Game of Thrones focused right now. Can can we just I'm I'm gonna just transition to Game of Thrones. Da, 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 da. Don't copyright me. Don't copyright strike me. Whatever it's called here in the podcast world. Okay, so before before I fully switch into it, um, I want to say to my audience. There are going to be spoilers, so if you want to stop listening now, that would probably be a good thing to do. I'll wait. Two copyright strikes in one podcast. (laughs) All right, here we go. Let us jump in to Game of Thrones. So I was supposed to be editing a YouTube video. I was supposed to be writing a few things um, for a blog post. And I didn't do any of that because I spent most of the day just getting hyped for Game of Thrones. I am so excited the new season is back. We have all of the same great characters. And from what I saw in the, the first episode, it doesn't feel like... You know how sometimes they that shows come back and the characters, even though they're the same actor and they're not in the same style, they feel a little bit different. This didn't, this felt like seamless, but let's talk about the ginger haired elephant in the room. Ed Sheeran makes a guest appearance in this show. And I did not care for it. To be honest, I'm not an Ed Sheeran fan in the beginning uh, I don't like some of the things that he said. I think his music is okay, but I don't like the fact that it sounds exactly like other artists, um, like Sia, like a gigantic ripoff without actually saying, hey, I sampled it, and uh, here's your money for that. Um, yeah, so when I found out he was going to be in Game of Thrones, I was kind of annoyed, just like, oh, God, please just be a minor role. And I'll uh, and to Game of Thrones' credit, it was a very minor role, and I'm hoping it was just the one episode. But um, they had him singing a song, and then Maisie's character, Arya, asks, what song is that? And he goes, it's a new song. And I was just like, oh, that's cringy. This is worse than a YouTube advertisement placement. Like, come on. And he just... <sighs> It didn't fit. And they were awkwardly like focusing on him when Aria was talking or the conversation was going. It was like Ed was always kind of in the shot. And I know that when you get a guest appearance, you want to kind of include them so that their audience watches the show and then you get the thumbs up and blah, 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 blah. But it was just so unnatural to have a minor character in that much focus in that way when he was just literally singing and then he was just in all the shots when Arya was having a conversation with the other soldiers. I don't know. It just, and maybe it's because, you know, you recognize that person and you know that they're there for a guest appearance. So anything that they do, their screen time seems already amplified, even though it may not be. Um, but I just, I don't know. I thought that whole moment between him and Arya and, the other soldiers was really cringy and he didn't he doesn't have that game of thrones look like we we've already got a ginger and he had his dick cut off and he was an asshole 
and then he was a slave. <laughs> like we we've got the ginger, and then we've got the badass kind of half ginger, you know the the guy that was training with uh with Lannister when he cut oh, when he got his hand cut off. Uh, he is sass master five thousand, and I love him. Like we're good on gingers. <laughs> I don't know. I that's that's my two cents on the whole Ed Sheeran thing. I just ugh. It felt forced, almost like you know, a normal celebrity appearing on um, ABC's show or, or on the CW where all of a sudden it's just so out of place because they're almost just playing themselves. And it's like, uh, um, skip, you know? Oh man. Oh, and Sans- Sansa, Sansa. Okay. In America, we say San- uh, Sansa, uh, but in the UK, you have to add an R to everything. Um, Sansa Stark and she she's another ginger that we got and she's she's bad at badass enough for like everyone uh, I like the dynamic where Littlefinger wants to make her queen and so that he can kind of manipulate her and then marry her and get her power and she's just like motherfucker I know what you're doing fuck you I am a queen but I don't have to have a crown I love her and I really hope that in the show she does actually know what Littlefinger wants because that smirk that she gave when she delivered that line, I was just like, oh, yes, she ain't no fool. She's a smart character and she is savvy. And even though she's been through literal hell, she is pure grace and intelligence and heart and I, I just I absolutely love her and the balance between her and John as sort of someone who has ruling or semi-ruling experience and a bastard child who's sort of always at the back of the line in the story uh, as now king in the north it's kind of an interesting dynamic to see John initially kind of brush off her input and you expect this whole dynamic to cause this rift between them. And then they meet and they speak. And you realize that John actually does respect her opinion. And he's just trying to figure it out. But at the same time, he's got to be the final judgment. And she kind of calls him out on the bullshit and being like, hey, would it be so bad to listen to me just because I'm a woman? And he kind of goes, uh, not not really. You kind of know what you're talking about. Um, that was that was kind of cool, and I I like that dynamic where the character's just like, you know what? And the other character turns around and goes, yeah, I do know what. You should listen to me. And then there's this sort of, yeah, maybe I I should. I like that. I think that says a lot about the the character that they've written for for Jon Snow, and I think that says a lot about her character as well. And I I was just kind of thrilled with how the whole episode unfilled with the uh, unfilled unfolded. English is hard at seven o'clock in the morning. Uh, I was supposed to record this on Sunday, just FYI, but I didn't because I was watching Game of Thrones. <laughs> I didn't I didn't do it. I didn't do it right. That's a very bad boy. Anyway, <laughs> uh the Lannisters. Okay, so the Lannisters are an, inst- an interesting uh, 
dynamic now where the sort of familial bond has sort of broken down and Jamie is very cautious of his lover sister. Uh, and I, I like that dynamic that says a lot about the character development from sort of blind incestuous passion to uh, maybe his own individual free thinking personality. And I really like that. And Cersei, she is just vicious and I love it. I love when women in shows play this like powerful, badass, no, nothing held back kind of character. And she is that she is methodical. She is vicious. She is silver tongued. She can take a beating, bide her time, and then she will rain hell down upon you. And I think that is so cool. She's such a good contrast to Danny and to, to Sansa and to even John. Um, I think it's, it's such a great dynamic to have such an all powerful terror reigning female character like that. You know, she's a vengeful mother who loved her children and, had such an interesting relationship with them in a sense where she loved them until, you know, she said that her son betrayed her. So it's kind of an interesting dynamic to see her personal balance between ruler and mother. And, and of course also lover, which is still creepy, but you know, it is what it is. I don't know. I really like her character. I think um, it's just so enjoyable to watch her be bad. She's sort of this Maleficent character where it's like, God, she is badass and also evil, but you kind of love her for it. In contrast with with Danny, who both women are very stoic, I, w- I would say. Um I would say that I would probably say that Cersei's um I just totally butchered the name. <laughs> I need more coffee. She's more in touch with her emotions oddly enough and I think that's great when the villain character is the more emotional one. You can kind of see how that will um play into maybe their downfall. Um and I, I really, I just, I like that they don't have Danny be this kind of weak warrior woman. You know, when she walked into her, and spoiler alert, if you still haven't stopped listening because of spoilers, girl, get off my podcast. Uh, <laughs> so when she walks into her family's home, the abandoned castle, she walks into the throne room and everyone expects her to have this sort of deep emotional moment. Maybe she sits on the throne, feels a little bit relieved. Maybe she cries. Maybe she, she expresses some sorrow or pride in the future. And she looks at the throne and you can tell she's, she's having an emotional response to it, but she walks away from the throne and she walks into the war room and it ends with her saying, shall we begin? 
And I was just like, yes, this is the kind of badass female character that I, I love. She's not, she's sentimental, but she's not to the point where it inhibits her. She is, um, her, her strength increases with her empathy. She realized the value of that throne, but she knows that she can't sit there and rule from there, that she has to go to the war room and sort of be this dynamic leader and plan out the next strategy and that it is just going to be a relentless battle. And I think that speaks highly of her character that she went from, you know, the throne room, just looking at it straight into the war room, ready to kick some ass and I and I absolutely love that. I I just I mean I grew up I grew up watching powerful female characters. Uh, I'm not the manliest of man. That's no secret. Uh, so I didn't. I was never really drawn to the like that alpha male r- ridiculous dick slinging uh, kind of character. I grew up on female powerful characters like Xena. Uh, even um, Veronica from The Lost World, Sir Arthur Cannon Doyle's The Lost World. I know that she was, as an adult, I know that she was supposed to be this like sex symbol, but Veronica was this chick that grew up in the freaking jung- magical dinosaur jungle, and, and it was like capable of doing all of this crap and, and, and building stuff and kicking ass, and, and she was just kind of awesome. And then I, I had Buffy, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, where this female character had the world of emotions and she went from a teenager to adult and, you know, she dealt with death. She dealt with familial death. She dealt, she dealt with life. She dealt with love. And I'm personally more drawn to strong female characters. I think they move a show more than strong male characters. Um, Just because personally, I feel sometimes it's just like a macho pissing contest and I feel like the female characters are always so much when they're when they're written to be successful, when the character is written to be successful. And I'm not talking like financial or business ways when someone's trying to write a successful female character, there's so much more that goes into it. There's so much more um, thought and care and and strength and. I, when I look at Danny, when I look at Cersei, when I look at Sansa, um, that is that is what I see, and that's what I think attracts me the most to. And Arya too, Arya, I, I can't forget about Arya. Um, I absolutely love those kind of characters where it's like, yeah, you know what? I faced the world's worst. I was, you know, Danny was sold as a sex slave to. Um, Drago and you have Cersei who you know even though she was the queen mother um, was she the queen mother? yeah she was the queen mother uh, she wait hold on let me let me let me get my thoughts in order you have Danny who is sold into essentially a marriage a sex sex slave you have Cersei, who was a victim of her gender within her own family, she was very clearly the most adept at ruling, but she was denied it. Um, You have Sansa, who was a victim of sexual assault and abuse. 
mental, physical. You have Arya, who was, you know, watched her father get killed, and then she went to this this place where she learned how to be a survivor. Like all of these women have gone through horrible things, and they have just come out as ferociously powerful individuals. And I think that that is what makes the story so excellent. As much as everyone celebrates Jon Snow, in my opinion, Jon Snow is a secondary character, as where those other ones are primary characters. And that's not to to crap on, on Jon Snow. It's just like I personally am not affected by him the same way that these 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 women affect affect me as as a viewer um i just i i so enjoy these characters and and the way that they interact the way that the show is written and the fact that it's basically a movie every episode i mean it's just eye candy it really is down to the the special effects to the people involved. It's just a visual bliss. It really is. Uh, I just, I'm so excited that the show is back. I'm excited that the characters are still developing, that they haven't plateaued. Uh, I like that there is a strong dynamic between them and their counterparts, whether it be a sibling or a lover or a council I, I just like it. And oh, oh, Arya! I I didn't even touch on this. Arya, fucking kills all of them in the Riverlands. Holy shit, girl! Arya is the best character because she, <laughs> she's the best character for revenge because she gets shit done. She's this character that has been hardened. And and molded, and yet at the same time, in this episode, we see her sort of be, you know, a little bit soft towards the soldiers. You know, they 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 like women. The dude wants a daughter, not a son. Um, they're very kind towards her. I think it is a nice juxtaposition to what she has faced in the past especially from the male characters she has encountered. So I'm very excited to see how that will affect her in the next episode. But yeah, Game of Thrones, Game of Thrones just blows all the other shows out of the fucking water. And there is just no comparison to the quality and character development that Game of Thrones has. I I know that it's going to end, you know, here soon, but I really hope that people look at what Game of Thrones has accomplished as a storytelling, um, I, what Game of Thrones has accomplished in its storytelling and in its character development, and applies that to future shows that aren't just the fantasy, that aren't just the uh, magical epic war videos. I really hope that they look at that and they see that people want more characters like that. They want people who have real growth and that they, they just get better. Even though their life for them may get worse, the characters themselves just get better. My, if I could point out one thing that I didn't really like the mountain when he, 
I always feel a little cheaped out by this kind of storytelling um, is when he looked into the fire and sort of saw the wall and he saw all that shit. That sort of coming to God moment, I feel sometimes is such a cheap cheat. Does that make sense? Like it's a character that is dark and brooding and and sometimes a bad guy, sometimes a good guy. I feel like when they find a God figure, whether it be a modern day God or an ancient God or, or a made up God, I feel like it's such a cheat to actual character development. You know, it's supposed to take them from point A to point Z, but you get to bypass all of the letters in between. And I, and I liked his character so goddamn much. I don't want him to be cheated just so they can get him to be more empathetic towards his, towards the people that are around him. Uh, I, that wouldn't happen in real life. It's like when a, it's like when a murderer on death row is like, sure. You know what? I killed an eight forty seven people, men, women, and children, but I found God. I'm all forgived. And you're like, bitch, no, <laughs> no, 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 no. It's sort of this cheat that, I don't know. I just, I don't care for, I feel it's just a disservice to the character that is trying to really actually develop. And there are a lot of stories, not just game of Thrones. There are a lot of characters across the board that, um, when you, when they're at their worst, they find, you know, a godlike character, they find a soul, they find a, and I feel like it's just sort of cheap writing. It's like, ah, I don't want to actually write real development for them. Let's just let them find God. I don't know. I know I have a lot of people out there that are super religious and they're like, yes, they found God. He's vegan. But I don't know. I just feel like that's a, a rip off. And that's kind of, maybe that's just because I'm, I'm not religious at all. I have, <laughs> no affiliation uh, with religion anymore at all. Um, So maybe that's just me, but I feel like his character could have come around a little bit better. And, And maybe in the next episode, he'll reject it. And so that he can kind of go back on the normal path. But I, I knew eventually he'd have to see the Lord of light in, in the fire, but it was just like, Damn, he's going to show you that fucking much? Okay. Eh, eh. Sort of feels like you're trying to push the story along a little too fast there. So those are my those are my only two um, finger wags, if you will, at Game of Thrones premiere. Is the Mountain's character development through God, the Lord of Light, and Ed Sheeran's just cringeworthy appearance in in the show but the rest of it i am so thrilled with i i can't wait for next sunday i can't wait for next sunday and i promise you guys that the podcast will not become a game of thrones review 
talk about uh, talk about it every single Monday, but it might come up. You know, it's culturally relevant. It's a it's a pop culture phenomenon. So we'll probably touch on it again, but I will always always talk about spoilers. So, <laughs> but I'll always promise to tell you that I am going to talk about the episode or whatever television show that we're talking about, or maybe movie, I'll say spoilers, you know, just because that I, I understand some people can't watch it the day of, they need a day to catch up. Uh, <laughs> I hope you guys have enjoyed the podcast today. I know it's a little bit shorter than normal, but it is just me. Um, and if you guys have any thoughts about the the new announces, announcements from Disney. I'd love to hear it. Maybe you have some insight onto what you think that Mary Poppins is going to be like. Maybe the Incredibles 2. I got to do some more research, see if the footage leaked at all. Um, are you guys excited for Toy Story 4? I'm kind of on the fence for that one. And uh, also make sure to let me know what you guys thought about of uh, what you guys thought about the uh, Game of Thrones episode. I <laughs> just totally spaced on the words. You can hit me up on my YouTube channel at I'm Stephen Miller, uh, or you can hit me up on Instagram at I am Stephen Miller. That's I am Stephen, S-T-E-P-H-E-N Miller. And uh, I guess I will see you guys next week on the next episode of the How to Human podcast. <laughs> All right. Bye, guys. Have a wonderful day. See you all later. <laughs>